Facebook. There you go. Facebook works. And just decide, I need that. I don't, I don't know any of these people, but it's like God brought this into my neighborhood, and I know I need it, so I'll give them a call. And that was pretty neat. That was pretty neat. Jackson and Emma, come on up. Don't worry, I'm not going to poison you or do anything bad. I want you to participate. Go, on, go over there. Yeah, thank you. I want you to participate in something. Help, help me out here. So what's your favorite soda? Is that regular Dr. Pepper or diet Dr. Pepper? Okay, you wouldn't touch the diet stuff. No, okay. Probably not. Oh, see, engineering right there. Probably not. I got a little taste test for you. Okay, I want to see if you can tell the difference. Don't be looking here. Oh, it doesn't matter. I wrapped these ones up. That's right. I've got Diet Dr. Pepper and I've got regular Dr. Pepper. I want to just see if you can actually tell the difference, all right? No, I promise you I'm not poisoning you or doing. One is Dr. Pepper and one is Diet Dr. Pepper. Not what I'm pouring. I think that is the right chemical drink or hydrochloric acid. <laughs> there you go. There's one. You want both of them at the same time so you can do a comparison? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It is bizarre. So make sure you both hold the same one in the same hand. That's the first one. There you go. No, no, no. Oh my God. Which w which was the first one? All right. So the first one I gave you is in your left hand. First one's diet sure you got it right they got it right now what's the difference less flavor in the diet one and you prefer the less flavor oh you like regular diet pep diet you like actual dr pepper which is from texas right dr pepper a texas drink all right well that's oh here i don't know which is which Yeah. How do you know that's the right one? Oh, you saw the numbers? There are numbers on there. Did you see the numbers when I poured it? All right. I didn't. I didn't pour them in any particular order. All right. Let's get down. Anybody like Coke? Do you have any Coke drinkers here? Yeah. Come on up. Coke drinkers. Any other Coke drinkers? Come on up. I, want, I need two Coke drinkers. What was the point? <laughs> Coke or regular? Diet Coke or regular Coke? Regular Coke? Regular Coke. Come on over here, ladies. We'll do it again. 
kids these days. All right, now I don't have these, so I've got to... These cups are horrible. There we go. You all out there can see this, but they can't. I don't know why anybody drinks this stuff. was invented as a cleaner, right? Who who decided to drink the cleaner? Yeah. It had what? Cocaine, yeah. Cocaine. Let's put some cocaine in the cleaner. <laughs> They'll like that. <laughs> All right, ladies, this is one of each. Yep, yep. Okay, go ahead. You think that one's regular, the other one's diet? Both taste the same? They're not. Oh, yeah, she's really struggling with this one. You think that one might be diet? You think that one's diet? Reg you think that one's regular? You think it's diet? That's very interesting. They're both Pepsi. Now look at your face like, oh, I don't like Pepsi. Now one of them was Coke. Was it this one? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. You like that? There you go. Oh, here, you can have the rest of it then. There you go. Do you want the Pepsi you were drinking? What was the purpose of that? <laughs> I knew I had a purpose. People get addicted to all kinds of things, don't they? Sodas. They like this soda, don't like that soda. You know, do you remember when Pepsi and Coke were doing the blind taste test? And, uh, but people, people get addicted to things. What, what are you addicted to? Coffee. There you go. Dr. Pepper. All kinds of food, right? There's coffee, tea, Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, chocolate. Any chocolate addicts here? Yeah, I know the one at the, at the back there. She's been so disciplined. She's been great. She's been, well, I won't share your secrets, but we haven't got any chocolate in our house. So, Candy, French fries, anyone addicted to French fries? No, nobody's addicted to French. Thank you, good, good. I lined up at Rome's last night for 20 minutes for french fries. Crazy. Who's addicted to exercise? Yeah, see? Yeah, there are some, right? Yoga, lifting weights. Who's addicted to Downton Abbey? Oh, yeah, yeah. Put your hand. Yeah, there you go. The Lincoln Lawyer. No? Better Call Saul. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I can't watch the final season. Most people are addicted to something. 
We all have addictions. If you're online, let us know what your addiction is. Sandra's sitting back there watching it. Let us know what your addiction is. And Sandra, if you see an interesting one, wave at me, okay? This morning, we're going to talk about a man who had an addiction. Did you know there's somebody in the Bible who was addicted? It's kind of an interesting. We're in a series called Bible Peeps, and we're looking at different characters in the Bible. And somebody came to me the other, the other week and said, um, what about Stephanus? And I went, who is? I think the email, it's like, who is Stephanus? Does he mean Stephen? And I did a Bible search. I couldn't find Stephanus for some reason. It turns out I was spelling it wrong. But who knows, who knows about Stephanus? Yeah, exactly. Nobody here knows about Stephanus, right? Who is this Stephanus guy? And you would be, you know, I can excuse you for not knowing. I have no idea who Stephanus is. So I looked him up, and he's mentioned three times in Scripture. One time in passing, Paul says, I baptized Stephanus and his household. And then in, twice in 1 Corinthians 16. So very little is known about him. And yet, when I read that little bit about him, it piqued my interest. I thought, Stephanus, we're going to do Stephanus. I like this, this Stephanus guy. So Stephanus means crowned. Seems like everybody back in the biblical days, their name meant something. Stephanus means crowned. That's right, I can see. I don't have my screen on. Sit here until it's done. I'm going to pay for this stuff. Stephanus means crowned. He, and like I said, he's part of a very small group of people that Paul baptized. There's only two or three people that Paul baptized. So the great evangelist. But Stephanus is one of the families, him and his family, they were baptized. Let me give you a little bit of this background on 1 Corinthians 16. Very brief. The church at Corinth, which is in Greece, was experiencing some growing pains. New church. You know what it's like whenever you get people together, something's happening, yeah. And, and Paul had established this church some years prior to this letter in 1 Corinthians. Paul at this time is currently residing in Ephesus. And while he's there, he gets the, a letter from the Corinthian church telling them they've got all these difficulties going on. Paul, can you help us with these difficulties? And he writes a response and sends it back to them. Now, sometimes, you know, we don't get the dynamics of that. We've got some addictions. Jenny is addicted to horses. I wonder what they taste like. <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> and Becky is addicted to French fries. I'm with you, Becky. They didn't have a mail system. If you wanted to get a letter to someone, you had to physically give it to someone and ask them to deliver the letter for you. And if you're going to get a response, they get there, they get the response, and it comes back to you. Now, you know, Ephesus and Corinth are hundreds of miles apart. So getting a letter from Corinth to Ephesus and then... Paul writes the letter and sends it back to Corinth. It is a, a big deal. 300 or so miles overseas. And it seems, we don't know for sure, but Stephanus 
is probably the person that took the letter from Corinth to Ephesus to Paul. Paul then writes a letter in return. This takes a lot of time. You, you look at the book of Corinthians, it's six, First Corinthians, it's 16 chapters. You ever think about it? We read it as a book. It's a letter. That was a letter. Rick, can you imagine getting a letter that's 16 chapters long? It's like, wow. So Paul's writing this. Could have took weeks for him to write this. Gives it back to Stephanus. Stephanus brings it back to the church in Corinth. So last week, I had to squeeze 10 chapters into half an hour. Today, I've got two, two verses. So 1 Corinthians 16, 15 through 18 says, you know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece. And they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. I am very glad that Stephanus Fortunatus and Achaia, why do they have these Greek names in here? Achaikos, Achaikos, that's how you pronounce that, have come here. They've been providing the help you weren't here to give me. Little dig at the Corinthian church there. They have been wonderful, they've been a wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. Now, some people, some theologians think that Stephanus may have been the jailer that you read about in Acts chapter 16 when Paul was in prison and he got free. Don't turn to Acts chapter 16. Look at it later. Now, what we read there is all we know about Stephanus. That's all there is in the Bible. But what an incredibly glowing testimony from Paul regarding Stephanus. I mean, he's really an unsung hero. I mean, look at what he says. They are spending their lives in service to God's people. This is what they live for, to serve God's people and to do the work of God, God's people. Submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. And he says, they, they've been providing me with help. They are a wonderful encouragement to me. Show your appreciation to all who serve so well. High praise from Paul for someone we, we don't know anything else about them. Dedicating their lives to serving the, God's people. Now, here's what piqued me. It, it's that word spending. I use the New Living Translation. It's such a weak. They didn't do a good job here. They are spending their lives in service to God's people. Most of you, if you don't have the New Living Translation, that word is translated as devoted. They are devoted to, to serving God's people. But I love the way the King James Version puts it. It says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They have addicted themselves. Think about that for a second. They have made a conscious choice to be addicted to something. We do that sometimes, don't we? I mean, pretty much any addiction that we have, we, we made a choice. I mean, let's tell the truth. You, the first time you ever drink Coke, it's really not that. It's, it's like, ah, oh, you, you've got to drink it a couple of times to get addicted to the caffeine and the sugar. And then you're in. It's like cigarettes. I, you know, I never was a smoker. My best friend was a smoker. And I remember one time at a party, I thought, well, I've got to try this. 
and I smoked a couple of cigarettes. Oh my gosh, was I ill. And I thought, why? <laughs> You've got to push through the sickness and everything else to get to the point where you can't give it up. <laughs> you choose to be addicted. I remember my dad when I was a kid at Christmas time. He always used to have a beer at Christmas time. And one day he gave me a sip of beer, and it was horrible. And he said, yeah, and you think we're enjoying this. <laughs> it's like they addicted themselves. They made a choice to be addicted to the ministry of the saints. Paul is kind of winding down in Acts 1 Corinthians 16. It's the end of the letter. And he starts to talk about different places he's been and different people that he knows. And I'm wondering how long it took him to write all of this. And he talks about Jerusalem, Galatia, Macedonia, Ephesus, the provinces of Asia and Greece. He talks about Timothy, Apollos, Aquila, Priscilla, a few others. And then right in the middle of this, in verses 13 and 14, he puts this little blurb. It, it, it comes out of nowhere. To me, this is one of these nuggets of gold that you find in the Bible. It just doesn't fit with the passage of Scripture, but somehow Paul's talking about all these people, and he puts this. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything in love. I mean, we could spend a little while on, on this. A little bit. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. With love. It's a warrior statement. It's perfect for Memorial Day. I mean, be on guard. But who, who goes on guard? Military people go on guard, right? They call it watch. Whose watch is it? They stand guard. They're looking out for, for the enemy. They're looking out for those who, who are a danger to them. Stand firm means don't give up any ground. Don't back down. Be courageous. Be strong. This is warrior talk, but Paul qualifies it. He says, do this in faith with love. You do this in faith with love. In faith because the Lord is your strength. He's behind you in this. You do it in love because... That is the weapon of light. Do everything in light, in love, not in hate or pride or selfishness or vengeance. Those are the weapons of darkness. I don't have a lot of time here this morning. And I know where I want to go with this. I find it kind of interesting that in, in this passage of Scripture, He's talking about all these people, and then Paul inserts this little thing, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. And then who comes to his mind? Stephanus. He writes that, and then, oh, Stephanus. And his household. They were the, the, the first of the harvest of believers in Greece. Stephanus is a warrior of light. Greece was a place of darkness. They had all kinds of pagan rituals, pagan gods, 
And Stephanus was part of that. And then Paul comes into his life. He brings Jesus into his life. He brings light into his life. Stephanus says, I like this. Paul baptizes him, baptizes his own whole family. And now Stephanus is a soldier of light. The Bible says that once we were all in darkness, every one of us. But in Christ, we are in the light. And indeed, we are the light. Soldiers of light. Now, here's the problem. Gosh, this has been on my mind this week, and I know God wanted me to talk about light and darkness, so God, stretch the time, please, because I can't finish late today. Here's the problem. Darkness is pervasive. It's all around. It comes naturally. You don't have to invite darkness. It's there. You don't have to invite it, but you do have to fight it. How do you fight darkness? Well, you've got to bring light into your life. If you don't actively pursue light, darkness will seep into your life. And if it goes unchecked, your life will become darkness. Jackson and Emma are about to find this out, especially Jackson. You go to college, you're going into a world of darkness. And the thing, yeah, I was thinking about you, you young people and, and as, as I was doing this. The only way to keep that darkness at bay is by pursuing light. You cannot be in neutral. Sometimes we think that neutral is enough. That if I'm good, if I just cut out all the bad things, that's good enough. But that's not true. That's, that's neutral. Simply being good is not enough. You've got to push beyond that. There's something more. You see, darkness is trying to invade your space, your place, your life. And that's why Paul instructs us, be on guard. On guard against what? On guard against this darkness that is all around us. It is pervasive. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Because when the darkness comes, it comes in power. Do everything in love. Now, do you notice it's all active? Be, 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 do. Darkness slips, slips into our lives when, when light is not active. You know, if you remove light, darkness reigns, doesn't it? I mean, can we shut the lights off for a second? No idea what that was about, but... A little bit of darkness going on back there. <laughs> when you come into a room and it's dark, do you flick a switch to shut the darkness off? The room is naturally dark, right? Dark is the natural state of things. There's only one way to get rid of darkness. How do you get rid of darkness? You've got to bring light in, don't you? Yeah, put them back on, please. <laughs> now I get it. Took a while. You've got to add light in order to have light. And we must have light in our lives. If we don't have light in our lives, the natural state is darkness. So when you go into that place of darkness, you can, you can try and be good. 
And, and it's okay to be good, but darkness will seep in unless you actively seek light. How do you actively seek light? Well, number one, I mean, we all know it. Read your Bible. That's God's light. Call on his name. Pray to him. Those are, those are good things. Hang around people of the light. It's infectious. But the number one way that you, you bring light into your life is to join God in his work. It is active. You know, so often... It, it, it's easy to get lulled into a false sense of security. We get into this mindset that if I keep my nose clean, if, if I'm doing good, sorry, if I'm not doing bad, then I'm okay. That is the focus of so much religion, isn't it? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hold hands. Don't go to dances. Don't watch those movies. Don't, 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 don't. It's good not to be bad. But you've got to understand that Jesus taught and the Bible teaches that the absence of bad does not equal good. And we get lulled into this. Okay, I just need to be not bad. The absence of bad does not equal good. Jesus didn't teach repent and stop what you're doing which is what you hear preached all the time. Repent and change your behavior. Quit drinking, quit smoking, quit lusting, quit whatever. Jesus said, repent and follow me. He said, do what I do. We've got to actively seek to bring light into our lives and into the lives of those around us. Stephanus was not in neutral. He was addicted. He chose to be addicted to being a soldier of the light. So let me ask you a question. Are the things that you're addicted to bringing light and love into your life? Or are the things that you are addicted to stealing light and love from your life? Think about that for a minute. We all have addictions, don't we? They can seem innocent enough sometimes. So how do we bring light into our lives? By remaining in fellowship with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to cut through here. Let me tell you why this is important. Real quick. I was lying in bed Monday night. Thinking about this me message. Sunday I decided going to do something. I was lying in bed Monday night, and, and I just swear the Holy Spirit just brought this light and dark thing to me. I want you to talk about light and dark. Got up on Tuesday. We're having a small group. My friends in Florida, my sisters in England, and noticed little news feed, something going on in some little town in And then just seeing that darkness unfold. This is what shocked me. I came into work the next day. Nobody mentioned it. And 
as I interacted with people all day, nobody mentioned it. And I thought if we become that desensitized and that used to darkness that when something so horrific like that happens, nobody mentioned it. That just did something to me. And then on Friday, Friday is my son's birthday. Most of you know my son is not with us because he took his life some years ago. But on Friday, good friends of ours that were part of this church and moved away were at a funeral for their son-in-law who took his life earlier in the week. And then on Friday, Sandra got a message from one of her best friends in Canada that her niece took her life that day. We will not be the agents of light, the warriors of light. Who is going to go out there and share the love of Jesus Christ and the love, the light of Jesus in this dark, dark world? We are all of us called to be a Stephanus. We are called to be addicted to the work of Jesus Christ. I look at these kids. I look at these kids. I think about my son and I think about those, those other two people this week. I think about that kid that shot those kids. And it's not just an American problem. A year ago in August, in my backyard in the city where I come from, literally in my sister's backyard, looking at the house across the road, some guy went up the street with a gun and shot six, seven people. How different would it be if that young man that did that in Texas was surrounded with light? The reports I read, he was horribly bullied. It doesn't excuse what he did in any manner whatsoever. How different would it be for my son? You know, we bring light into his life, but if he was so saturated in light, our friends son-in-law this week. If people like us were addicted to light, that we weren't just doing church on Sunday morning, coming here to bask in the light for, for 45 minutes or an hour, but we, we, we sought to be addicted to that light and take it out into the world and we would invite people who are living in darkness into our light of Jesus Christ. How much difference would our world be if the people of light lived like they were the people of light. Do you think it would change? If we took it beyond Sunday morning and said, man, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to invite. I'm, Hector's not, is Hector here? Where is he? No, he's gone. It's okay. I know he's gone. Hector's gone because he's got something going on at his house today. He's having a crawfish boil. He's going to be so sad that I'm telling you all which he's been doing for years. And why does he do it? Because he wants to invite his neighbors that maybe don't know the light into his house to share some crawfish and talk so he has opportunity to tell them, hey man, I know about the light. I know about the light. 
we build a relationship with you. We got people in this room today because Hector is a man of light. I was thinking about um, Kyle. I did this at the, the men's retreat. We got people sitting here today because Kyle Simmons is a, is a person of light and he invited them. I know where there's some light. There's a nice little church called Lakeway up there. You should go on up there. I got to finish up here. Do you know when Philip attended the men's retreat, he made a conscious decision to bring light back into his life and consequently his family's life. And it took courage to do that. It took courage to join a group of men you don't know. But let's tell the truth. He was pretty desperate at the time, right? Darkness was winning in his life. But something in him, the Holy Spirit in him said, you've got to go somewhere where there's some light, man. I'm, I'm throwing you a lifeline. And he grabbed the lifeline. We need to be a lifeline, folks. We need to be inviting people. But you've got to get the light in your life first in order to be a light in somebody else's life. Amen? All right, I'd love to talk more on this. And we will over the summer. So I'm just putting it out there. I love the name of our youth. Do you know what it's called? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. We need to be Stephanites. We need to be people of the light. Amen? All right, let me close up here. A couple of announcements. We're going to take up our offering. Can I have those come forward, please, who are taking up the offering? Now, we started something last week. We went back to our traditional way of passing the, the little offering basket, and you all looked so confused. It was kind of funny because <laughs> you hadn't done it for two years. And, what, what am I doing this? So here's how it works. You can give online. You can give your traditional way. I thought we were still going to have a bucket there. The bucket's gone. The bucket's gone. <laughs> As the offering basket or whatever we call these, what do we call these things? You take it, you pass it to the next person down the line, and somebody will collect it at the end and go to the next row. Okay, it's really, really easy. So let's pray for our offering, and then we'll do the announcements. Father, I just give you thanks for the faithful people that you've brought here today. Father, let us be light in the darkness. Father, if there are people here who are struggling with darkness today, they need to bring light into their lives. Surround them with people of light, Father. Fill them up with your word. Call them into your service so that they will be light. Father, I thank you for the faithfulness of the people in this church, and I thank you for the offering that we are going to receive today. I pray, Father, that you would just bless it and multiply it for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just give you the announcements while that's going through. Vacation Bible School, you want to bring light into somebody's life? Join and be part of our Vacation Bible School. Gosh, I'll start again. These kids need light. You've got the light. Sign up to be part of Vacation Bible School. Where do they do that? I think there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Actually, uh, I've got a little bit of information on this. French fries. See, they be back in the kids' way hall. Go back that way and say, I want to be part of Vacation Bible School. Grief share. 
Grief Share is going to be starting on June the 9th. If you've had a loved one that's passed away, gosh, there's been so many in the last couple of years. Grief Share is an awesome program. It's, I think it's 12 weeks long, and we're going to be starting it on June the 9th. Penny Pearson, Penny, are you in here? And Kelly, raise your hand, Kelly. See them. Uh, you do need to register because you need a book, so talk to them. Youth are celebrating on June the 3rd. Is that next Sunday, next Friday? Yep, in the youth building, they've got a bake Oh, and then there's a bake sale next Sunday before the, yeah, oh, gosh, there's so many things. I should look at this beforehand. And when, when's our town hall? Is it on here? Thank you. Town hall, June 5th. <laughs> I'm all over the place here this morning. And then Kairos. Kairos begins next Saturday. That's our prison ministry that Randy is involved in. If you're signed up for that, you need to be here on Saturday at 9 a.m. Talk to Randy if you'd like to be a part of that. That is taking the light of God into the darkest of places. It's a wonderful thing to be part of. All right, enough of me rambling on. Please stand. I may have missed something, but I don't know. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for each and every person here. Father, I wish I had longer to talk about this this morning. It's such an important thing. Father, I pray for those families who lost children this week. I pray for the family of that young man that did the damage. Father, I pray for the police force down there who are under so much pressure now and need scrutiny. That did they make the right decision? Did they make the wrong decision? Father, that has to weigh so heavily. Father, I thank you because your word tells us that this is a dark world, but this dark world cannot overcome your light. And we know that the light Father, may each and every one of us as we leave here today be soldiers of light. May we bring light into every person that we meet. Father, strengthen us, empower us. May we stay on guard. May we stand firm. May we do everything in love. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you all for coming. We will see you next week.